to give everybody out there listening a very warm White Cat welcome because you're tuned in to the White Cat Outdoors podcast. Nick's sitting over here trying to hold up his fingers because I can never remember what episode it is and I was still very confused on what he was doing. He's you know holding up 2-4. I'm like, I don't know what the hell you're doing right now, but apparently it's episode 24. So, That's right, 24. Uh, yeah, so happy Sunday. Uh, if you're listening the day it's released, if not, maybe it's Monday. So happy Monday. If it's not that, then happy, happy Tuesday. Yeah, happy whatever day it is. Tom, what happy day would you want it to be? I like Fridays. Fridays are good days. But Hawaiian shirts and White Cat Outdoors podcast. How can you get be- beat that? Yeah, but it doesn't really matter what day you're listening on. It just matters that you're listening, and we appreciate that you guys are listening. So thanks a lot for tuning in, and we love you. Uh, another thing you guys should be listening to. Uh, our buddy, Hunter Klobuchar, you guys probably remember him. Episode from four. Episode four, a while back. He has started his own podcast. It's called The Outdoors Greatest Podcast. He's He just released his first episode this past week. So go check it out. It's good stuff. And yeah. Yeah, he's on Spotify and uh, YouTube as of right now. Yeah. So I know he's talking about getting on some more, but. Mm-hmm. So, Tom, what are we talking about this week? This week, guys, we got a really cool episode coming out for you. We are talking about how we are specifically working our land up at the headquarters for over the summer for deer season coming up here, October 1st. It's already already in my sights, and I'm getting excited for it. It's a year-round process preparing for deer season, and we're going to go through the steps of what we're doing this summer. What phase are we in for land preparation, Tom? Uh, I'm going up this weekend to mow. What phase is that? Yeah, I mean, so you've got like tree stand trimming, you've got, you know, planting season, which we may be in. Um, That's what I was getting at. So there's all sorts of different things you got to do throughout the year. And I was just curious of... Yeah, well, so like, obviously, right after um, deer season, you got your post-season scouting to, you know, see what bucks made it through the season. And then... That takes you pretty much right into turkey season, and then once turkey season starts, you kind of, well, I kind of lay off the deer hunting aspect anyway. I would hope you lay off the deer hunting during turkey season. Deer preparation. If you say, yeah, we're going to have a talk after this podcast if that's the case. But, uh, yeah. Stop enabling poachers, Tom. Turkey season just ended, so I'm ready to start preparing for deer season again. And first step is I got to go up there and mow the certain areas where... I would like to plant food plots this year in different fields and whatnot. So the first thing, is that that's, good? That's going to yeah, be it's unnecessary. A, it's a good adult beverage, I tell you that. Please go on. So it's like apple juice. Up there this year, it's in the middle of Amish country. You should oh, try sipping that a little good. louder, Tom. And there's already a lot of cornfields up there. So we have the luxury of not having to plant corn because everybody else already does that for us. All of our neighbors have corn. Yeah, we wouldn't really benefit from just putting more corn on our field, really. Yeah, Yeah. what we are trying to do is give the deer something they can't get on every other piece of property. got to set yourself apart a little bit. Yeah, so after a while, these deer, they're going to get tired of eating corn, and they're going to want to come over to our piece where there's soybeans because we're the only soybean field that's going to be around. And how we're setting this up is along our one field, along the wood line, we're planting, it's a 
really it's a long skinny piece that's going to be no more than 50 yards wide and a couple hundred yards long it's going to be about two acres worth and the reason we're doing that versus like a big square field out in the middle is so that you can actually bow hunt this stand because deer typically when they come out into a field they feed and kind of filter through the food plot they're not going to stand in one spot and eat so if you have you know a big six seven acre bean field that deer could go out and filter out into the middle and you're watching them a couple hundred yards yeah they could end up anywhere yeah but if you have a you know 40 50 yard strip that's super long then odds are they're going to filter down past you at some point during your hunt so with it being you know, like only 50 yards wide um but still two acres it's gonna be a pretty long um food plot and i was curious you know it's the obviously you're gonna have to watch the pattern of the deer and when they're coming out and stuff is there any stands you'll be using to try and be able to move up and down that field while you're working yeah that so area i'm going mobile this year i got hooked up with a, That's a pretty XOP. leading question nick way you to like go that? <laughs> yeah i got hooked up with the xop uh stand with uh some climbing sticks that i'm really excited to test out this archery season i would i would like to get up there actually before the season starts and just watch from the road so I can see where they're coming out without actually being in the woods and mm -hmm. getting my scent in there. Because really, the after September 1st, I don't like to step foot in the woods at all. I like to give it a good solid month of not being in there to really let things settle down, get my scent out of there. Because I do spend a lot of time up there you know, prepping beforehand. So yeah, I'll definitely get up there and watch from the road, watch where they come out with you know binoculars and glass them and try and get a pattern on them that way. Also in that field, we are gonna do clover, chicory, brassica, and radishes. And the radishes and brassica, that's gonna be like a late season food plot. Kind are you of gonna take some pictures like Keith did? Oh, absolutely, yeah, you better believe laying it. Laying nice and sexy in the radishes? Yeah. I think that is the key to making a good food plot is taking some sexy photos. Uh, of like course. Like some good centerfold type ones. I'm, you know, I'm starting to think here, brain's starting to turn. We could do a white cat calendar oh, man. on the food plot this year. Yeah. I like so. that. But uh, yeah, the key to that is planting. You the calendar? Well, you no, plant the calendar. You gotta, you gotta plant the food plot to take take the pictures. Take some pictures for the calendar, and you can't plant a good food plot without the proper attire. Yeah, go over PPE while planting. <laughs> You're gonna want leather boots, high leather boots with white socks extending up past the leather, all the way to the knee or between. But it it could go all the way up to the knee if could you could go want. above if you had them. Wow. And then you're gonna want some cut off jean shorts. Preferably the shorter the better. Of course. If your underwear is hanging out below the jeans, that's how you know they're short enough. And then take I, another inch off. Yeah. What if I wear like old whitey tighties? Better keep cutting. Have to be really short. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely, you definitely want your pockets sticking out below. That's that's a good rule of thumb. As long as your the bottom of your pockets are visible, that should be plenty short. And then you're gonna want a cool T-shirt. I actually got a pretty sweet t-shirt I'm super excited about. It's um, Donald Trump wrestling a bowl in front of Ted Nugent playing guitar. So I think that's really going to produce some good radishes and good food. It's going to show that those radishes, you mean business. You're going to yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, and actually, like behind Ted Nugent, fireworks are going off. Of course, wow. naturally. So I'm yeah. sure they're red, white, and blue. Yeah, and then I like to have Pit Viper sunglasses and a bandana or an old trucker hat of some sort. Maybe really. even a white cat hat. Yeah, a white cat hat. We do be. have trucker hats, so... A white cat trucker hat would be... Ideal. I'm actually wearing one right now. Me too. And it would be perfect for planting. So yeah, you get your boots, your short shorts, cool cut-off t-shirt, some pit vipers, and cool hat attire. You're you're all ready to plant. That's going to that's gonna produce. Yeah. And another thing is when you're planting, if you're using like a whir- whirly bird on the back of a tractor or a four-wheeler, that's fine. But if you do it old school like we do with like the hand seeder, you got to make sure you're getting those knees way up close to your chest when you're walking through the field. That <laughs> really, really helps. We could, uh, I think I have a video um, to show that form. I'll post yeah. uh, Sunday with it. Form is key. Because you don't want to be dragging your feet through the dirt and kicking up the seeds you just laid down. So you really got to stomp it hike in. them up there and stomp yeah. them in as you, yeah. It, there's two, it's dual purpose. Yeah. You know, keep your feet out of the dirt. So you're not throwing seeds everywhere and pack them down when your feet come down. So And you can't forget about the third thing. You look great doing it. That's true. Yeah. If you're really if you're one of those people that are like thirsty for likes on Instagram, get a photo of yourself doing that and numbers will be through the roof. <laughs> that is very true. Uh, one thing I do want to do on that clover field um, that I've never done before, but Owen had mentioned it. Uh, I'd like to he talked about like an observation. Um, observation fence and basically what it does is you know you fence off a small area and it shows like how much the food plot's getting browsed um and i'd like to do a small section of that and just see what happens like i said i've never done it before um actually owen was that was the first i've ever even heard of it Mm -hmm. um so just be i I know that there's plenty of deer up there oh yeah kind of curious to see um how often they're getting into the food yeah because i mean i know we've always had or we have this inclination that we want to box off the road to keep it more secluded mm-hmm. um it'd be neat to try and see what it does over the years you know as that front grows up and blocks that field off so take some time to get back to you on that one but it's <laughs> yeah, coming that five years from now you'd be like hey remember episode 23 when we didn't even know what we were are doing? you 24? stupid it's 24 24 hey patrick you shut up 45 yeah you'd be like when back when they didn't know what they were doing they still don't but yeah, you know, like episode like three million, It'd be wild. I don't think we have enough weeks for three million episodes, Nick. Yeah, we better start cranking them out a little bit faster. Yeah, I would say so. But, anyways, yeah. So I do want to try that out in Tom's smorgasbord that he's planning out there this year. Yeah. So, how big do you plan on making the uh, clover and such? So basically, here's what's going to be: it's going to be two acres of corn. Or not corn, soybeans. You're already then, messing it up. And then I'm I don't know if I'm do, gonna hunt it. Yeah, you won't because I'm gonna be hunting it. <laughs> then I'm gonna do a half acre of clover and a half acre of brassica mixed with radishes. Are you gonna like have them just side by side, or are you gonna separate them like on opposite sides no, of the field? No, so the bottom. So are the field? It's there's two straight hedgerows that kind of come down into a point at the bottom and at the bottom is where i'm going to do my clover and then on the side opposite from the beans there's this little jog that comes out and around that jog i'm going to do like a 90 degree angle food plot and then i'm going to hunt a stand at that 
point coming out into the food plot because when deer come out into a food plot that's that shaped it's very natural for them to want to see what's on the other side so odds are they're going to filter right out in front and check what's on that other side so they don't know as i'll be there waiting for them with an arrow in the side right and that's going to be my late season food plot so that's going to be the turnips and or radishes and brassica and that that really gets hot after a first frost and then all that sugar comes up to the leaves and everything and that they're really going to like that so basically how we have it set up is the soybeans are going to be our early season and then clover is going to be kind of like a you know early archery season like mid archery season until you get that first frost and then that's when they're going to be hitting the brassica and the radishes and then come winter time after we get snow they're still going to be in the radishes but they're also really going to be hitting the beans again mm-hmm. so we got that covered and then up on our other field i'm going to do a food plot that's just a mix of the clover the brassica and the radishes and that's going to be about an acre food plot up in actually the same field that the i didn't even on. know you were doing that one yeah remember where we jogged off that the trees where yeah. i said in a couple of years we should do one here Skipping out the couple of years yeah, and we're just cut two, now there's a food plot. Yeah, because every good hunting camp needs a hangover stand where you just you drank too much the night before. Well, that doesn't happen at our cabin, though. Well, it does. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> so every good camp needs that stand that's like right less there. than 100 yards from camp where you just... Pretty much just sit there just to be out in the woods. Yeah. Real low to the ground. You don't want to get up too high in one of those. Yeah, probably going to be a ladder stand. Probably a double. Good for naps. Nice and safe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With a good shooting rail that you can lean up on. Oh, yeah. So, and then, this this is my favorite one. A hidden food plot in the woods. That's... That's where the Those are the ticket. I'm all about those. How do you expect the deer to find it if it's hidden, Tom? Well, I tell you... You don't hide it very well. Yeah, you hide oh, it it's like a little kid's Easter egg hunt. Exactly. Right. So it's just kind of out in the open, but you tell them that it's hidden, so they think it's something special. Right. Ah. And the best place. Kind of like the briar patch. Now you're thinking. My particular favorite place to put these hidden food plots is right close to the edge of bedding. So, them deer, they don't have to go far to get to food, and. There's actually a creek that runs right on the back side of where this food plot is going to be. So they're going to have food, shelter, and water all in one place. And it's going to be awesome. That's going to be another mixed batch of clover, brassica, and radishes to keep them there all season long. Give them a little smorgasbord for... Is that uh, where you're talking? Are you talking about where we planted that buckwheat years ago or up? Yeah, right at okay. the 200, as I like to call it. Yeah, Where I killed... Uh, my buck in archery? Or yeah, you? Okay. yeah. I'm bringing that food plot back. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if you were talking there. It's pretty or... wet there now. No, I was actually there Sunday. Oh, yeah, it's not yeah. that bad. I remember last fall, it was it was a mess back there. It was really wet. Me and Tom spread a lot of lime in that one. I see. Yeah, so she's she's doing good. Yeah, I I walked it because I, I really liked that area. And it, it does kind of flood if you get like a huge downpour. Yeah. But especially with the beavers there, but I mean, do you, do you think that like, uh, with that potential flooding, what you're planning will be able to like withstand that if we do get a flood? Well, it's going to not going to be, while it's growing, it's not going to be flooding because 
Like the only time it's really underwater is I in, don't like, really the, hunt that side of the form much. That's so I'm curious. I don't really know. It's really what it's usually underwater in the spring. Yeah, the springtime. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, but in the summer it's not bad, and it doesn't really get wet again until you know we start having the freeze and thaw and the snow and stuff in the winter yeah. time. So all growing season and archery, it'll be fine. Yeah. So that's that's what we got going on. We're um, we just go to the local feed mill to get our seeds, and then we got. Uh, 16 16 16 fertilizer that we do 100 pounds per acre and we also do 100 pounds of lime per acre now do you mix those with medellos or anything or just or keep them on the rind or how, how do you spread the lime <laughs> oh yeah um that was a great joke nick so basically what we do is you go in the coconut before you put the lime in the coconut and you shake it all about Gotcha. Interesting. No. So I'm going up there this weekend. And the deer, do you put alcohol in the coconut? The deer like that? Or? He's the rum. The rum chata. Rum chata. <laughs> but I'm going to go mow. And I'm going to bring it, cut it really nice and low, as low as my brush hog will let it. Is and this that, operation take it to dirt? Pretty much, yeah. That was always a good operation. Yeah. My old boss used to love that. <laughs> <laughs> I used to, You guys know I used to string trim over at the university and about... August, I really got tired of string trimming, so I would just take everything to dirt. I just scalped the shit out of it, and Operation Take It to Dirt was in effect. I don't anymore. I call it Operation Take It to Dirt. It worked really good. <laughs> and you just blame it on the new guy. It's <laughs> classic move. No, seriously, yeah. So mow it, and then what? You sound I, like a Midwest. Yeah, no, seriously, yeah, yeah, no. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but uh, take her down, and then I like to wait about a week. For that new growth to come up through all the stuff you cut that's laying down on top. And then I spray it with a heavy dose of Roundup to really kill it. And for it to really dry out, it takes about two weeks. And when you're spraying Roundup, you got to be careful. You can't do it on windy days because then it just gets everywhere and you breathe into it. Make sure you're wearing your mask. And, you know, take all the proper precautions. Wear gloves so you don't get it on your skin. But yeah, spray it with Roundup on a nice, bright, sunny day. I think you need like five or six hours of direct sunlight for it to really Really take effect, yeah. Yeah. So nice, bright, hot, calm day. It's going to be your best bet for spraying it. Wait about two weeks and it'll be brown as can be, dried all out. Now, typically, we would bring out the rototiller at this point, you know, once it's um, died off. Um, But we're trying something a little different this year. Um, uh, as far as the beans go, yeah. Yeah, that's what that's, I'm referring to the beans because that's the big plot. Um, so, do you want to talk a little bit about what we're doing this year um, that would, is different from the way most people, I guess, are probably planting beans right yeah, now? We're uh, we're no-tilling this year, and basically the idea behind that is when you break the ground so much with a rototiller, you're letting out a lot of the nutrients that are in that soil. They kind of just get lift it up into air and evaporate yeah kind of wasted so if you can do a no-till and basically how that works is you're more or less pulling a set of discs that are cutting a groove down into the dirt and then you're planting the seeds in those grooves and then there's another set of discs that roll it back over and then call to pack it so basically the soil is undisturbed so all those nutrients are going to be staying Rate, you know, rate in the soil, and then we go over top of that with 
the lime and the fertilizer. So then when you get a rain, all where's the coconut come in? That's what you mix it all about with. Oh, of course. Yeah, you mix it in the coconut and then spread it on the field. Yeah. All right, sorry. And Keep then going. the rain works as the rum. Yeah, then the rain Perfect. is going to, you know... Really shake things up. Yeah, get all that good stuff down into the root system of those plants, and you're going to have a... What do they call it? A b- bumper crop, I think? Bunker something? I, you've totally... I have no idea what you're I'm talking about. I'm lost. I don't <laughs> know what you're saying. It's in that one Craig Morgan song. What? What? International Harvester. I'll look up the lyrics. Nick, take us away. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I guess this would be a perfect time to talk about uh, we uh, the... Um, <laughs> you got that? No. Uh, it's such a perfect time you can't even remember. It. Yeah. Um, we are getting ready for opening weekend of snakes. Um, oh, yeah. We were talking so, about that last weekend. Yeah. we were, So we just talked about you know getting started. Bumper crop. That's what I thought. Bumper crop. I mean, Can I crop. just finish? I mean, it's story? as tall as the bumper. I would imagine, yeah, probably. But the bumper of what? Because probably like, the tractor. But like, a, like a sprayer, you know, they they're tall enough to go over top of corn. So like, yeah. I don't know if you got a good old bumper just real crop, quick. You got a good we're getting crop. ready for snake season. <laughs> Back to you, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> bumper crop was the term I was looking for. That's how you know that that's a term for a good crop. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's a good. A term for a good crop. Look it up, Nick. I I literally. Just it's in did. International Harvest. He yeah, says Craig this Morgan year ain't been no bumper crop. So yeah, and he's talking about it negatively, like oh man, it hasn't been a bumper crop like years prior when we had Darn. a good crop. All right, you just keep going. I want to see if there's a definition for bumper crop. Yeah, and when you look it up, share it. I'm Craig sure Morgan. there's not like a solid definition. It's probably I'm more sure like it's on a, Urban Dictionary. Yeah, I was gonna say it's probably more like a slang thing. It's not like. In Webster's Dictionary, it's just like a, a farmer thing. Yeah. All right. Well, in agriculture, this is according to Wikipedia. In agriculture, a bumper crop is a crop that has yielded an unusually productive harvest. <laughs> the word bumper in this context comes to the uses that means something usually large, which is where this term comes from. So it is a positive term. Yeah. That's uh, but bumper does not mean your truck or planter or anything else yeah just meaning that it was a really good year so we're hoping for a bumper crop yeah we're gonna get a bumper crop this year even though we're not harvesting it the deer will be harvesting we should yeah. get a t-shirt to and say get bumped. The deer. get bumped <laughs> i don't think we should do that eh, it's thought no. <laughs> so anyway that's basically what we got going on in our new york piece back in our pa piece the new farm we got one food plot that's about an acre and my dad he's kind of taking charge on that i'm not exactly sure what he's got a whole mess of he's got like six acres where the seeds to plant and like only two acres to put it well see and i've got that little box i probably got about acre and a half to two acres and i have no idea where to put it because you're just covering everything so i might might do a little no plow action start Uh, throwing seed all over the woods yeah spread my seed everywhere But uh, at the farm, we got that acre food plot that is going to be, my dad, he has clover, chicory, brassica, turkey. Are these going to be like hidden food plots or are they going to be? Yeah, this one's hidden. It's definitely hidden. It's like Easter egg hidden or actually hidden? You can't see it from the road. Oh, man. I'll tell you that. So little kids aren't going to find this one. No, it's right in between hardwoods and bedding. There's bedding that's probably... 15 acres of nasty, thick, swamp, red brush, goldenrod, perfect bedding. Yeah, that's good stuff. That butts up right to hardwoods. And then there's, we 
mowed this section. It's about an acre right on the wood line. So it's a perfect transition right from hardwoods, food, bedding, all right there. So they're just going to come right out of that bedding. You got the whole rum chowder right there. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And then this is this is my favorite one coming up. We uh, recently purchased, or I shouldn't say we, my dad recently purchased this land. And before he purchased it, um, the guy that owned it had it logged. So there's a couple areas that are oh, man. wide open. And all is there like a lot it, of undergrowth? Or is it not? No, because it, it just it, got it, logged. It just oh, got okay. logged last year. So no, there's not a lot of undergrowth yet. There's, but it will be. No, there's there, there still tops and shit. Still tops, yeah. So plenty of cover for deer. And there's this one spot in particular that's pretty open. And we're just going to go in there and spread buckwheat like nobody's business. Because I don't know if you guys are planting buckwheat or not. It could grow on a rock in a cave. Like it, Pretty hardy stuff. Yeah, that's kind of a bit of an exaggeration. But we've, actually, we've dropped seed in our driveway, and it has grown in the driveway. So... It grows not quite a cave, but yeah, close enough. But there's there's rocks. Hyperbole is what that was. Whoa! But yeah, it it literally has grown in our driveway, so it should have no problem growing here. And that's going to be a super hidden food plot. Like deer, you'll never find I, like I, the I, holy grail. Yeah. So yeah, we're just going to spread a bunch of buckwheat in the middle of these tops where, oh, I. So. Is there uh, any good trees to get up in around there, or is that going to be more of like a ground blind area? Oh, there's plenty of good trees. He only cut down like softwoods, like maples. Gotcha. Soft Still, maple. Soft maple, yeah. You can get some hardwood maple. Still plenty of oak trees you can get. There's actually, believe it or not, a tree stand in there that I shot my first buck out of. Which, Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, back when I was 10. So that tree stands there. You could you could gun hunt the How old are you? 23? Yeah. 22. 22. 22. 12 years ago. It's a long time. More, more like 11 and a half, but yeah. Wow, that is a long time. You know, I know, I've thought about that before. Like, you I know, shouldn't remember things 10 years ago. Like, I feel like I was a child. I know, I think that all, like, my first year I killed when I was 10 down in North Carolina. And, you know, I think about it, I'm like, that was 15 years ago. Like, that's yeah. that's just crazy. Seems like a couple hunting seasons ago. I know, it really does. It doesn't seem like that I, like, long I refer ago. to, like, the last buck I killed is always, oh, yeah, last year. Yeah. Like, when really, it's... When you haven't killed a buck in I don't know how many years. <laughs> two. Been I didn't kill one last year, but I did the year before. I killed so. two last year. That's yeah, true. So you did I. have a really good year. I did. One you of them it. sitting right on the table. Yeah, it sure is, right there. Killed him with a 460. I did. That was a good time. I just bought another pistol too. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I was just we're getting kind of off track here, but I'm forty-four magnum, most powerful handgun in the world. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I don't (laughs) know. Tell us about it, Frank, because I haven't really heard much about it either. Well, it's a Smith 460 PD, 329 PD, and I was irritated when every time 460. Did I say that? Mm Mm-hmm. 44 329 PD. Yep, that's the one. Um, but I go in there and yeah, don't don't name drop where you went. No, I'm I'm not. Yeah. So I walk in and guy's standing there. You stand right there, standing behind the counter, and I, I says to the guy, I said, I said, I want to order a pistol, and he's like, okay, you know, what do you, what do you want? And I said, I want a Smith three twenty nine PD forty four mag. He's like, all right, let me look that up for you. So he's looking it up, and this other guy comes walking up, and he looks at the computer screen, and he goes, oh, we got a six twenty nine right over there in the case. You should buy that one. I was like, I don't, I don't want that. I want a three twenty nine PD, and he's like. Well, that, that, I don't know if you know this, but that's a, an air weight. You know, that's going to be really light. It'll be a bastard to shoot. 
I was like, yeah, it'll be a packing gun for up in Alaska. So I want it to be light. And he's like, whatever, man, have fun. I was like, okay. <laughs> Great salesman. Yeah, I was like, you're <laughs> dumb. And the one that I wanted to buy was more expensive than the 629. So I was like, okay, you're stupid. Then another guy walks up, looks at the computer, and he goes, oh, man, that's a sick gun. He's like, and I was, he said, are you going bear hunting? I was like, no, I just go up to Alaska, so I just want it for like a packing gun. He's like, oh, that's the perfect gun for it. So this guy knew what was up. Then the other guy's still standing there. He goes, whatever. I was like, get, what are you doing, man? Get out of here. So needless to say, he did not sell me on the 629. I went with the 329 PD, and it hasn't come in yet, but I'm excited for it. Tell us a little bit about the specs. Barrel length. Four-inch barrel. It, it only weighs 25 ounces, which is insane. Yeah. That's a yeah. pretty light. Yeah, a lot. It'll be a great packing gun. Like I'm you said, excited. I mean, it's a gun that you hope you never have to use. Yeah, and so that, I not... actually said that to the guy. He was, you know, talk, he's like, yeah, it's going to be a bastard to shoot. I was like, if I'm having to shoot this gun, sore hands is going to be the least of my worries. That's like, a weird talking about that. I said, uh, when you were telling me this story and stuff, I said, yeah, if you have to go back to camp and say, man, my hands really hurt, that's a <laughs> yeah. good day instead of like having your face stitched back on. Yeah, exactly. You got mauled by a bear, so... Yeah, if you can go back and complain about your hands being a little sore, I'm all about it. Yeah, you're, you're having a good day. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, that's that's my new pistol. Got we're, off track there. See, uh, we were way off track. Yeah. Where were we? Tom planting secret hidden food plots. Buckwheat grows in the caves. <laughs> yeah, that's cave buckwheat. <laughs> yeah, so buckwheat that's a hot item. Late season, early season. You know they they sure do love it, and I tell you what, turkeys can't get enough of it. So, hopefully, I'll bring some turkeys onto our piece. Maybe get one with my get a little fall bow. action going. Yeah, that would be cool. Because speaking of killing turkeys with a bow, I tell you what, it's I've tough been, stuff. I chased him this year with a bow. Um, couldn't make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Something you want to say, Tom? Well, I do like that. I do like that. Yeah. So yeah, Nick's over here chasing turkeys with his bow. Let me just give you a recap of oh jeez, my final the the last day of the season. Your last opportunity to get a turkey up in New York. Me and Nick, we get up. We go our separate ways. Nick's hunting on the bottom of the hill. I'm hunting on the top of the hill. Were you at like the spot you and I scoped out after you missed that bird? Uh, kind of. By like the hay bale? Yeah, ish. In that neck of the woods. So, I'm out there hunting, right? And I don't hear anything on the roost. So, I'm like, it's about time these birds should be flying down so i let out a fly down cackle and then i do some you know clucking and soft yelps a little bit of purring and reel these two hens right into me and they're out there i'm like that gobbler's got to be you know close and nothing i waited for like an hour nothing else so i'm like i'm gonna go down on the bottom texted nick saw see if he was seeing anything and i didn't hear back from him like oh maybe he's working a bird there's no service there's the some problem. service. The, I was the at the fact, bottom, down by that little mini field in the middle. The there's not much service. There's no service there. There's not much. That's irrelevant, honestly, because <laughs> as I'm walking down the road... So I you're done it. hunting? Is that what you're getting at? You're no, on. I you're, was moving locations to the other side of the field. Mm, just you're, quicker via road. Through the woods, and I didn't want to walk down the hill because I knew that's where you were supposedly I was. Hunting. 
Well, yeah, yeah, people do know from past episodes, we've talked about how Nick likes to say he's going one place and goes to another. So. I don't like to tell people exactly where I'm going because if I do, and then when I kill, which happens a lot, people are like, oh, I need to go hunt that area. Just not this year or last year. Or- it's weird though, because you've hunted on the farm up in New York for quite a number of years, never killed on your side. And me and Frank were just doing I all killed a turkey on my side. Actually, the only turkey we're- we've ever killed... This is deer talk. You were literally telling a turkey story. I know. Right now, this is deer talk. <laughs> Bust subjects. Credibility shot. So, Nick never killed a deer. and On this property, you're saying... On this property. Saying, I'm on, slaying bucks. On his buck, side, buck. what he likes to call it. Buck, and buck, goose. That's what they call me. Me and Frank are just laying them down over on our side of the field. Yeah, if, you, and, if I shot everything that had horns on it, I probably okay. would too. So, Nick gets tired of it. He comes to our side and first hunt i'll say yeah he he got this deer <laughs> all by himself no help that's exactly from right anybody drug it out myself too yeah, yeah sure did yep but anyway so yeah i didn't want to mess up nick's hunt so i'm walking the road down to my next spot guns unloaded of course and nick's truck's parked there and i see the passenger seat sticking straight up as normal but i'm like where the heck was that driver's driver seat? seat. <laughs> Tell you what, it was in the back. Yeah, I walk up there, and it, mind you, it's like seven thirty. It is a lie. And it was after eight. Seat <laughs> still pretty early. All the way back. Okay, but if you understand Next. how this property works, and you go back in history on this property, it was totally justifiable. It's not justifiable. We had the Finish same. The out, we had the same outcome after the end of this hunt. So I get up there. Nick is zonked in the front seat. Leaned all the way back. I knock on the window. Nothing. That is a lie. <laughs> Wait a little bit. Knock on the window again. You were sits up. literally lying. No, it took two separate occasions of knocking. How many no. knocks each time? Three. Like, that is a lie. Pause. Then a little bit harder. Knock, knock, knock. Nick sits up. I wave and smile at him. <laughs> like, oh, I literally just got here. I'm like... Really? I didn't say I literally just got there. You didn't even. But in Nick's defense, he can fall asleep in about 1.8 seconds. So he yeah, could have true. just gotten there. Yeah. So anyway, back to Nick trying really hard and working at getting this bird with it. Okay. Tell me, how often do we ever encounter birds within an hour after they fly down up there? We don't. Uh, yeah, we do quite often. You were literally you lying. That's because you're always like back at the truck. 11 Nick. o'clock. I'm saying there's like that period in the the morning that's slow. They fly down, the birds disappear. And when did I miss one at eleven o'clock in climber? When my gun wasn't working was and malfunctioned. Like yes, it absolutely was. Ugh. <sighs> in that time, me, you, and Frank were up there, and we kept jumping back and forth on the other side of the swamp because yeah, I remember we'd that. call and they'd gobble on the other side, so we'd jump to the other yeah, side. Yeah, but that's later. I'm saying that. Yeah, Nick. after <laughs> eight o'clock. Yes. Which credibility is, shot, Nick. There's that slow period in the morning that I took advantage of. Got a little nap in, and at the end of the day, you and me, our, uh, our tags literally looked the same. Yeah, but anyway, so I asked Nick, I'm like, did you hear anything this morning? Yeah, I heard one gobble. Did you call to it? No. I'm like, why? <laughs> Sounds like he made it. I heard like, it was too far. I'm like, Nick, there's leaves on the trees. If you can hear them, they're pretty close. I heard a single gobble early on, and I never heard it again. I think he's making shit up, Tom. And you walked back to the truck. Didn't even try and pursue this bird. Mm-mm. Yeah. So anyway. No, because if I would have pursued that bird, I would have had to walk right by you. 
No. You're, I'm starting to question if you even got out of, out of the cabin with where this bird must have been. I do recall you saying you heard me calling. No, I didn't. Probably I heard two hens at the bottom of the hill. probably thought one was me. Huh. Except you had two hens come up to you. I didn't think Tom left the cabin. That's what I'm thinking now. I had to wake you up. At the cabin, yeah, because you set your alarm. Yeah. We're getting way off topic here. And the other, the day before, I wake Nick up to go turkey hunting back in PA. He's all about it. Five minutes later, I get a text saying, never mind. Go upstairs. <laughs> never mind. Nick's <laughs> like in bed. <laughs> Sometime we'll compare our turkey numbers and... Yeah, but we don't have time for that right now. <laughs> yeah, of course we don't. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that later. I just hunt the prime times, and if I, if I don't feel like it's prime time, I'm not getting out there. Right, right. So, yeah, that's what we got going on. We got beans, clover, chicory, <laughs> brassica. Hard change back to top. Buckwheat. <laughs> and, of course, there's always corn up there. Yeah. So all we over. got food source for all year round for them guys up there. So... One thing I do want to hit on uh, is, you know, now we've got all these food plots and stuff going up there, um, and I'm going to want to monitor, you know, like what's coming in and out of these fields and whatnot, what times. Uh, and I just picked up a new trail camera. Uh, Tell us about it, Nick. It is the uh, Lone Wolf Custom Gear undercover bought- camera. Okay. I didn't even know you bought it. Yeah, I know. I'm just, You're- just dropping this right now. Okay. That's yeah. surprising. Yep. Got it at the house. I should have brought it to show Frank, but I didn't. Yeah, that's real, um, real kind of you. Again. Yeah, it is an awesome camera. Um, yep, <laughs> Frank got it. So let's go over the features of this little this little number. First off, uh, there's an app free you can download to your phone. Um, I'm just going to pull it up right now so I can talk about it while we're you know going over it so I don't miss anything. Um, Lone Wolf Undercover. Uh, so basically, what you can do is you can add multiple cameras to it. Um, so if you've got a couple undercover cameras, you can kind of keep them different uh, or like name them. So you can put them on like this is for this field or whatever, however you want to do it. Um, it goes through, you can get maps, um, put on, or like download it on there that shows, you know, where it's, where the camera's at. And then you also have these, this feature called buck profiles. And basically what you can do is log each buck separately. Um, That's pretty sweet. So you can basically... You know, if you've got a buck that's showing up on several different cameras, you can pull them, put them into a different profile, um, name the buck, whatever you want to do. Um, and this is all done like through Wi-Fi. So you just have to get within, I think, like 100 feet of the camera and you can pick the camera or the uh, pictures right off with on your phone, um, which is so really, it's not really like cool. the normal like cellular it's cameras? It's a cell camera that sends it to you. Okay. Um, so you don't have to worry about like paying for anything. So it just picks up your phone when you get close. Yeah, it to picks it. up like a your Wi-Fi basically. That's it's like a Wi-Fi. Sick. Yeah, it's awesome. So if you're, you know, what if you in don't the, have service like at the cabin, I think it's like a Bluetooth thing. So it's like, um, just you have to be within a vicinity, like within a hundred feet. I think is what it is. Um, but so the way that works is if you've got this food plot or anywhere, you don't have to get right on top of where you're trying to locate. So if you say you sneak in and you want to go undercover, huh? in the in bedding or something you only got to make one trip in there and then you can just get to the outskirts of it and pull the phone or pull the pictures off put them into different profiles however you want to do it um and then what also is really cool about it is it comes with like what they're calling the 360 leveling system so basically it mounts to the tree whether either in two different forms your standard strap that you would typically mount to a tree or it actually has an attachment that you can screw the attachment to a tree 
um, and then just snap it to that. So that's pretty cool. And it actually comes with the screws and like a little screwdriver that's in the back of it. So if you, it's just all there, you don't need any extra tools. Um, but then it's got like, it's on like a ball that um, is like on like a spring. Kind of like a knuckle. Yeah. Kind of like a knuckle and you can rotate it anyway. So if you're, you know, it could be like a limb that's, or a tree that's fallen, anything you can mount to it. So rotate you don't have it. to stick 14 sticks behind your Exactly. Camera. You don't have to do that anymore. Um, and what's cool is you can also look at what the camera's looking at live on your phone through the app. So there's no guesswork on, um, like if your camera's positioned right or anything, you can literally have your phone and see exactly what the camera's seeing in live time and adjust it. So it's perfect. Um, you can do photos, videos, time-lapse, or a mixture of photos and video. Nice. Um, shoots in like, it's like 1080p and volume is incredible on it. So I'm super excited about using that for monitoring these fields this year. Yeah, that, that'll be a lot of fun. So if you guys are looking to get a new trail camera for this year, check that out. Cause it's, I'm really impressed with it. Looking good. Well, one other thing I wanted to add. So this field, it's a old hay field that we've been, you know, we planting food plots and trees in and everything. Um, whatever we're not planting, we're just going to let it grow up all summer long and create that as, you know, more bedding for the deer. Mm-hmm. So my plan is to have, hopefully it works out. The deer are going to be bedding in there and that way, you know, we're not going to walk through the field to get to the food plots. If we can skirt the wood line and stay hidden and get into our stand, I think we'll be pretty good not spooking deer that are bedded, you know, just off of the food plots in the high hay and goldenrods and everything. So that's, that's our plan up there. I hope it works out. Hopefully we can start getting some trail cam picks. I know in New York, you're not allowed to put out feeders, but I just put out three feeders on the farm in Pennsylvania. I'm going to get some corn and cameras on those. So hopefully pretty soon here, we'll be posting pictures, of our target hit list bucks that yeah, I've got a couple on camera already at our one piece. Oh, I didn't even know you had your cameras out already. I literally gave you a video. You did. You did. Yeah. I didn't know that. I actually posted that on our Insta. No, you didn't. Are you sure? Thousand oh, I posted Owen Zimmers. Yeah. yeah. We'll get that up there this week. Will you? I will. I've been waiting. Now I've been anxiously watching Instagram, waiting for Nick to post this now, picture. One time I sent Nick some pretty cool pictures to post, and he never did. They did. He's post. really terrible at running. He's ter- he posts you know what? just what he wants. Or, don't, don't even say what you're about to say because I don't want to do it. It's the all okay. about Nick show. That's what we got going on here. I, what, I'm just going to look right now and see when the last time I posted something of myself. Just be, If you're going to talk stupid. No, I just... I, it's all about me. So let's let's see. Yeah, it's all let's about just what check. you want. Let's just let's check. These were sweet pictures. You know, like the picture of Bigfoot walking through the woods? I like... We've gone over a dozen photos. So you're talking like... I'm pretty sure the weeks. last one you posted had you in it. I was in it, but you were definitely like the main attraction in the photo. Because it I was mean, like... Yeah. How could I not? So, but anyway, honestly. I sent Nick this awesome picture of me carrying a beaver out of the swamp. And I guess it just wasn't cool enough. I texted you about that. that one and you didn't want me to post it. No. Yeah, that didn't happen. We'll talk about it later. Definitely didn't happen. (laughs) Yeah, it was sweet, but it's a little late for that now. Maybe next beaver season. It's always beaver season, Tom. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, food plots, you know what I'm saying? Um, Is there anything else uh, before we wrap things up about, you know, preparation this year that you want to touch on? We've talked, you know, what we're doing food plot-wise, um cameras i know obviously you're gonna hang some stands we touched on that a little bit 
Um, but I mean, is there anything else that you're doing around this time of year? Besides prepping fields for planting and getting feeders out, uh, that's about it. I mean, turkey season just ended, so I haven't really got into scouting so much yet. I was going to wait until after my plants and stuff were taken off a little bit, start doing some scouting. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of work doing the whole food plot thing, so that's taking up a lot of my time right now. I don't have a mm-hmm. – I mean, plus – Working 40 hours a week, oh. I have a whole lot of extra time. So what extra time I do have is, you know, food plot prep. So mm-hmm. it's been keeping me busy. Right on. So so that, that's everything then, Tom. You, we've we've wrapped it up. So, Beans, chicory, clover, and short wheat, shorts, brassica, radishes, buckwheat, and short, short shorts. shorts. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. So before we get out of here, before Nick tells you guys to get outside, I just want to remind you guys one more time, just make sure you go check out the Outdoors Greatest Podcast with Hunter Klobuchar. You know, he's a good buddy of ours, and he's going to be producing some solid solid content. Yeah, he, so. na- he nailed Tag and Brag for his first episode. Yeah, no, it was that's, good stuff. That's sweet. So it was a really good episode. Um, and if you watch it on YouTube, you can actually watch the video yeah. of him and the guy from Tag and Brag uh, talking, which is a really cool effect I like. Yeah, so it, it's good, good podcast. And right after you listen to the White Cat Outdoors podcast, you should definitely go check out the Outdoors Greatest Podcast. For sure. I want to thank everybody for tuning in for episode 24. Um, now that it's getting time to plant and get the uh, your deer woods ready, um, tune in to, I think, what, episode 22, Owen Zimmer, he puts out a bunch yeah, of tips. Yeah, it's 22. Um, about, you know, getting your property ready. Um and if you're going to be getting your property ready, that means oh, you have to. one oh, more thing oh, before okay. Nick tells you to get outside. I know a lot of you guys are going to be, you know, getting your trail cameras out and everything. Don't be afraid to send in pictures of some nice bucks and we'll put them up there for you. So That's good. Yeah. If you got a picture of a nice buck, shoot us a message on the gram. We love seeing them. You good? Yep. All right. One, two, three. Get outside. <laughs>